Oh, that's a nice touch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't talk over the theme tune because otherwise, you know, then that'll come out in the podcast. I wish but I won't normally. Oh, that's a good bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good job the listeners would have heard the theme tune last week. In Edgeways. Recording, yeah. 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 By Matt Lees, which we're now talking about. Actually. I thought you were just playing me one little bit of it. No, I was playing the whole tune. So we haven't ruined this beginning bit at all. No, no, we, we I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, amateur. That's southeast. Oh no, he doesn't say that. <coughs> Why not? Welcome to Due South by Southeast, the podcast where we don't know what the fuck we're doing with a microphone. Uh, no, the, the, this is a show, of course, where we give Due South its Jews. Michelle, put that bottle of orange juice away. I didn't say juice, I said Jews. I lied when I said I was out of puns. I've never, ever known you to be out of puns. Exactly. I've got another one for next week. Then I actually might be out of ways of spinning juice. Anyway, we give Jews South its propers, of course. I am, of course, uh, Detective Squee, and with me as always is... Mounty Michelle. And joining us in the corner is little Dottie Baker, who's currently giving herself a bath. <laughs> it's perfect timing, Dottie. Um, so yeah, Michelle, look, that is your first, well, second time of playing the tune, luckily, because you spoke over the second time. <laughs> I was like, Michelle, did you notice the bit where Lee's plays in the uh, O Canada? She's going, no, I didn't. Play it again. So I played it again. She's going, oh, that was great. And you also remember that bit when I said don't talk over the theme tune because I'm recording? Yeah, well, clearly I did not remember that bit. Well, obviously not. Hopefully, um, I'm going to be honest with you kids, I haven't edited the first few episodes yet. So I don't know how the sound quality turns out. But I've got a feeling I was moving the microphone about quite a lot. So we've gone with a static mic. Unfortunately, we've only got one microphone at the moment. So me and Michelle are kind of either side of it. Hopefully, this sound quality-wise does come out pretty good. But, um, yeah, that's why you might hear me in one ear more, Michelle, in the other. But uh, you sh- we should still be in stereo. Yeah, it's probably not a bad thing, is it? Well, no, they can still hear us, unfortunately, <laughs> for them. But uh, And as the theme tune promises, this is the first week where we're actually recorded over a bottle of rum. Yes. And that bottle is uh, Old Hopkins. So if you go to Aldi now... It's not bad and reasonably priced. Well, we're enjoying it, especially with, um, was it Cherry Coca-Cola? Cherry Pepsi Max. Pepsi Max, yes. Cherry Pepsi Max. Cherry, pe- cherry, cherry Pepsi Max? Not Sherry. No, not Sherry. Sherry in the mix would be just too much. Maybe in a couple of weeks we'll add in some Sherry to the yeah. and see what happens. <laughs> Look, when we say record over a bottle of rum, it's going to be a bottle of booze of some description. <laughs> and I'd like to think we're going to work our way through many rums. But uh, it'd be nice, actually, if we had a different rum for every record. I'm up for that challenge. That should definitely be a feature. We've got, um, yeah, the Cherry Pepsi Max with Spiced Old Hopkins. It's actually pretty, pretty good mix. I would recommend it. It's good. And for later on the record, we've also got uh, Ron Miel's Honey Rum all the way from the Canary Islands. Does it have to be pronounced that way? Uh, well, how would you pronounce it? Well, the same as you. I'd Ron pronounce it Ron. Miel's. Yeah, that was. Ex- I, I yeah. think I had a bit of extra pirate in that bit. Oh, yeah, that was. You rubbed a bit of something extra special on that one. 
So, of course, in preparation for this podcast, we've tried to get extra Canadian. So this week we did it by dressing up as Mounties. Michelle again? Uh, Michelle again? I was going to say Dottie again, uh, weed on her outfit. That's pretty much her trick every week. I, unfortunately, couldn't quite fit into mine, so I needed three sizes bigger. And Michelle uh, has been living in the hat for the last week, so uh, maybe a bit too big. But uh, we'll, we'll keep on But it covers me. Endeavors. What can I say? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we, we have this week been watching Free Willy, and we're going to get onto that in a minute, but uh, first of all, on to some existing podcast business, so um, we of course have our mini Mountie Club. Mm-hmm. Now as I say, we haven't, we've recorded, like this is the third episode we're recording, but we haven't released any episodes yet, no. but through a bit of podcasting magic, we can now throw to us in the future... To let you know who's joined our mini Mountie Club this week. So, Michelle and Ian of the future. Michelle and Square of the future, even. Well, I mean, this is terribly exciting news right now. But there have been no emails. No, no, we've got to throw to us in the future. I was just, oh. I was just about to throw to us in the future to tell us if there have been any mini Mounties. Well, I was going to add... We weren't even talking about the emails yet. I mean, Michelle, just... I've jumped ahead. You have a little I've bit. I've come in too soon. I was going to, which is usually the male's problem. But anyway. <laughs> I was going to add Blake whether he wanted to be or not. Oh, you're just going to add Blake? <laughs> I was going to add him, just so we had another mountain. In fact, no matter who we get at this stage, Blake, Michelle's son, is now a mini Mountie number 002, because we are going to get in tri- triple digits we by the time we finish. I'll tell him about this tomorrow as I well. I don't care how we have to cheat, we're going to get into triple digits by the time we get to the last episode, somehow. I think we know enough people to add. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> every week. If we add one person every week, we'll Screw get there. It. I'll throw in my kids. So, uh, Stuart, if you're not listening, which I'm sure you're not going to, I'll let you know also. Your mini Manti number four. Amy, and I know you hate your name being mentioned on any podcasts. Your mini Manti number... Did I say four? No, three Yeah, that be. was three, so yes. So, uh, so Amy's four. Amy. Actually, no, Amy's older, so Amy's three. Okay. Stuart's four. Come on, that's just proper. And um, don't want to no, Dot- amongst kids. Dottie's a host, so so Dottie can't really be a mini mountain. No, and she wants to. Look at her. She wants to. L- you're you're one of the head of the pack. Like we're the hosting team, so we're we're like you know we lead the mini mountains. Mm, yes. So again, Michelle, remind everyone how do they become a mini mountain? Well, all you have to do is drop us an email. To going, what do I say? Going self. Now well, I'm. I know and, this. And now by the I'm way, making up but, a by the way, let's, let's just clarify it. It's not just an email. You can tweet us. You can Facebook us. You can just like text me if you got my number. I'm not going to give it out here. Um, just I don't care. Just let us know you want to be a mini Mountie, and tell us why you think you'd make a good mini Mountie. You can just go because. I mean, it'd be nice if you came up with some bullshit reason, but. Uh, but it's not necessary. We're not really that fast, but uh, I'd like it if people came up with something. People got a bit inventive with it. And don't be put off by the fact that I can't actually say our email address or our Twitter. Or <laughs> podcast <laughs> name or your own name upon occasions after too many runs. On, on rare occasions, yes, <laughs> rare occasions. Well, after think... maybe you've had too much red wine and you're around here. And say you're sick in my toilet. <laughs> well, that would never happen. No, that would never happen. Although I did have to buy a totally new set of toilet rolls that particular occasion, which didn't happen. Didn't happen. That didn't happen. <laughs> so anyway, Michelle, where can they uh, tweet us, email us and Facebook us in that order? No, I'm going to change the order and... <laughs> 
challenge not, not accepted. Not that I've been practising. <laughs> but the email address... Is going is, south. No, it's... <laughs> it might be going south, but it is actually at doselfbse at gmail.com. I feel like a little round of applause should be... Um, well, I was going to wait until you actually managed to spit out all of the... No, 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 uh, no, if we wait until I've said all of them, that'll never happen. Yeah. So Twitter, if I'm correct, is at DoSelfBSE. I mean, the questioning tone adds a lot to it. Yes, DoSelfBSE. As in by, by Southeast, you see, it's very by clever. Southeast, yes. Yeah. And? I don't know, somewhere on Facebook... Let's go to Facebook group. Facebook. Due South by Southeast. It's just a full name. Okay. That's all they've got to do. Yeah, I know. I know that. Yeah, you just yeah. made it a lot more complicated. Yep. <laughs> and if you've got my telephone number, then you can text me. But we're not giving that out. <laughs> or text Michelle. Her number, on the other hand, <laughs> is... <laughs> um, no. <laughs> just go to any uh, toilet store. Anyway, that's not the point right now. <laughs> oh. Wow. So, I thought we'd get this... A little bit more personal, a bit more on a, a street level in this podcast. So, uh, Michelle, you were telling me about something you've been up to this week with Sega games. Yeah, and this isn't something that I've been pushing for. Well, maybe I have at some point, but um, no, my husband has decided that all the games... It's Gary, are... uh, Mini Mountain yes. number... number... Where did we get five? to? Five? five? I think it's five. Five, it must be five. Yeah, we've got to keep a count of this, yeah. otherwise this is going to go horribly... Yeah, he's Mini Mountain number, number five. five. I'll, yeah. I'll tell him tomorrow. Yeah. Um... Yeah, he is selling off some of his old Sega games that have been cluttering up our cupboards for years. Now, when when he said, oh, let's get rid of these, obviously you were fist pumping the air. But you're going yes. to say, oh, yeah, that'll be a bit of chump change to pay for sweets for the kids, maybe. <laughs> I cannot believe the amount of money that people are willing to spend on these games. How, how I mean, much I'm, are we talking well, about? We're talk- well, the first game he put on... He sold for £65. You're shitting me. I am not. And yeah. I think the second game he put on was Bomberman. And, oh, I can't remember how... No, I think that one might still be ongoing, but there's... I mean, Bomberman, that's a big, like, that, well-known Yeah, that's title. a very big That one's got to go... Like, if, if a, an average game is going for 65 quid, Bomberman's got to be going for a few... Yeah, I think right that one he's holding on to for a little bit to see if he can get any more. Okay, I'm going to get a few quadloods for that. Yes. Uh, a Sega game called Mega Man. I don't know if anyone's vi- uh, familiar or familiar. Yeah, the, the, the Vermillions. <laughs> Isn't that a Game of Thrones thing, Vermillion? I don't know, possibly. Anyway. £150 that somebody has paid for this game. Shit. And this is just to get you some furniture for your front room. Yes. <laughs> this is the main thrust behind this. Yes, we're just we're raising some money for some furniture. Um, yeah, uh, deep fear, a hundred and twenty pounds. Just, I mean, I heard the the games consoles like the Mega Drive. I know goes for quite a bit now because I saw a few people selling them. But just the games alone. This that's, is just the games. That's crazy. Just the games. Shining Force Three. £75. I mean, I, I cannot, I literally cannot believe how much people are spending on these games. And the fact that they've been sitting in my cupboard for year after year after year. <laughs> <laughs> All this money has just been sitting in my cupboard. I had no idea. But maybe it was going up in value. Well, yes, possibly. Maybe Gary was the sage wise person. <laughs> we know him to be compared to, well, us, let's face it. There have been times. <laughs> 
when I have called him a hoarder <laughs> for all the things that he won't get rid of. But yeah, I have to say at the moment, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by with the, his hoarding ways. You're with his hoarding, with, yes, with his, his hoarding ways. <laughs> you're a happy hoarder now. Yeah, well, I'm happy the fact that it's leaving my house and going to other people. I'm I'm thinking of that furniture. Although you put a strict rule against Gary doing that. <laughs> I know, yeah. I, now what I have to do is make sure that he's not using this money to buy other games. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I loved also, when you were telling me about this earlier, you said about, um, yeah, oh yeah, we want to get some furniture, like Gary wants to get a computer table. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> is it, though? Is it really fair? I mean, you know, going through all of your Sega games. Oh, no, wait a minute. No, 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 they're not yours, are they? They're, they're his. Yes, they're, well, we're married, so, you know, <laughs> they're ours. <laughs> I bet when he was sliding them into the cupboard, you were going, well, of course these are ours. No. Oh, your shit's going in yeah, there. Yeah, oh, that's where you're putting it, is it? <laughs> <laughs> putting your games, let's just, just make this really clear. But as they now, leave the cupboard, they're ours. <laughs> yeah, it's a little magic trick. Oh, it's, it's like a box which Penn and Teller my own. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, oh, would you like me to help you to take that to the post office? Yeah. You know? <laughs> would you like me to cash this cheque? And spend it on some furniture. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, checks does slide us rather needy. I'll tell a personal story next week if you're really lucky. <laughs> um, but I thought it was quite fun. But, yeah, we, we are, of course, here to talk about South. And uh, our, the episode this week kind of slides into checks and banking and Ooh, stuff like that. Actually, I am going to quickly just digress before we get there, though, because this week, really funny... Because last week was the first week when we actually recorded an episode of G South by Southeast. Yes. By the time this comes out, it'll be a few weeks in. But this week, uh, have you watched Leah Remney's Scientology in the Aftermath? No, but I would love to watch that. It is a fucking fantastic... It's so gripping as a show. This week, one of the people who's on there, it was so weird. I, I actually saw a tweet by Paul Haggis. We know who Paul Haggis is? Uh, is that the guy from The Far Show? No, it's the nope. producer of Juice South. Who am I he's, thinking of? He's the creator of producer of Juice South. Paul Whitehouse? No, no, no. No, there's another Paul, isn't there? In don't think so. It's no, Paul I... Whitehouse, Mark Williams. Is I... there a name similar to Haggis? I don't think no. so. Oh, no, no, Higgins. Higgins, there we go. <laughs> so I literally point out at the end of this episode when we were watching it, <laughs> oh, and... Thank you to Paul Haggis for this week's show. I just said that randomly to you. Yeah, and you thought that would stay with me? Yeah, yeah, I thought it might. I thought seeing as it was relevant to the show and everything and seeing as I mentioned it directly afterwards, and maybe s- that would stick And in seeing there. this is a show about um, G-South and not about the fast show. <laughs> seeing this is about a show about G-South, I thought you might know the, the name of uh, the guy from G-South. Nope. <laughs> so the, the, the producer, by the way, of G-South is Paul Haggis, Michelle. Okay, never been in the Fast Show, no? Okay. Never. Uh, but he himself, uh, his daughter was on. I think we've got more point <laughs> I was making now. He was, uh, his daughter was on Scientology in the Aftermath. Okay. She was best friends. I think he might have used to have been in Scientology. I'm just trying to remember the story. I believe oh. he used to be in it with his daughter. I believe they left. And. But the main thrust of the story they were telling, or he, she was telling, was about her best friend who was still stuck in Scientology. And uh, 
by the way, listeners, you may have to get used to the sound of paw prints in the uh, <laughs> in the background over the show. Sorry, I will walk upright in a minute. Yeah, Michelle, it's really uh, Dottie's looking disapproving when you do that. But yeah, so uh, funnily enough, I don't hear any Paul Haggis news for years, <laughs> and just when I'm doing a Jew uh, South podcast, his daughter's on TV, and he starts tweeting about it. It's only coincidence, isn't it? Yeah, no, I would actually really like to see that. Yeah. Uh, we'll tune in then. Look, when we get to right. our, our Leah Remley podcast <laughs> in the year 2030, which I'm sure is going to come, um, we'll, we'll talk about that. But it seems okay. a bit like, I mean, bringing it up seems enough, but uh, to watch the episode and talk about it seems <laughs> maybe a bit too much seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Um, or separation, yeah. Uh, I could use the original thing. So under this week's episode of Juice Southland, as we say, it kind of had a bit of a banking theme. It did. From what we could tell, it didn't seem to be a straight-up bank. No. It seemed to be some sort of thing with bonds and stuff. Yeah. Which we'll get into in a bit. But uh, I actually wanted to uh, kick off again, like the 90s, uh, a feel of this again. Very obvious, I think. Actually, one thing I did decide. Sorry, I'm really... like. You'll have to forgive us. This is our second time recording, our third episode... It's going to be a bit of kind of finding our feet with what we always do with this because we haven't done it enough time to know what we always do. So uh, what I thought would be fun to do is to read out the episode description every episode. So then we can't accidentally give any... Yeah, It's something I think I've ripped off them before, but we're going to again <laughs> rip off the Star Trek The Next Conversation podcast because they... Their theory is if they give the plot synopsis in advance, they can't spoil it. But at the end of the day, Juice South was on in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't watched it by now, 1904 was the was this first series. Wow. So if you haven't Did watched really it by now. Did really that long ago? Wow. 94 to 99. I mean, we, we yeah. talked about this last week yeah. when we oh, recorded. Yes. Yeah, but, we uh, did. We did. <laughs> but hearing it this week, it just seems so long ago. You know, we've got that extra week. Okay. <laughs> Michelle, of ever the observationalist. <laughs> if you can just, uh, you know, keep talking, Michelle, while I look up the episode. Yeah, because that always goes well, doesn't it? It does. It does. There was a lovely moment when we were looking on the DVD, by the way, and they've got the episodes, and I was going, oh, does it go top row, then bottom row, or does it go one top, one button, because they're in a kind of yeah, zigzag. We, we assumed, didn't we, there were three on top, two on the bottom, and we assumed we were going to go across the, the three on top and then the two on the bottom. But then I thought, sorry, and I was like, well, they're not quite lined up, so it could be top, bottom, top, bottom, and it's kind mm. of W formation. Yeah. It turns out it's top, top, bottom, <laughs> top, bottom. I think they're not quite in original showed order. Yeah, and I have to say that when there's no numbers or anything to them, and if it was just me sticking a DVD in, I would probably watch all the tops and then the bottoms, and I'd be completely out of sync. You realise that's why we don't trust you with such technology. Well, yeah, that might be the case. <laughs> Although the great news about this is that the um, the first episode with Leslie Nielsen, I thought that was kind of mid-series mm. at least. It's like four episodes in. Yeah. But don't worry, don't worry, dear listeners, we are going to have... All your due south in the correct order. We're not messing with it here around here. We are truly professional. Yeah, we almost messed up saying the word professional. (laughs) Yeah. On this due south podcast, we're going to keep our true north. Yeah. Uh, See what I did there? (laughs) That that was good. So, Search Vamping gets us to the plot synopsis for Free Willy, 16th of May, 1995. A juvenile purse snatcher stopped by Ben. 
Ben? Ben? I mean, Benny at least, surely. I know it's Benton, but... That's no, lazy Does writing. anyone ever call him Ben in the show? Not that I've heard. Do I ever synopsize this? People keep calling him Fraser. Yeah. Fraser or Benny. Or Benny. Or, yeah. Mountie. Mountie. <laughs> you just, just want to say yeah. a third one now because you went, oh. No, I've got nothing. <laughs> Mountie. The man in the hat. Anyway, know. let's... Uh, a juvenile person that just stopped by Ben... Turns out to be the key in a bank robbery investigation. So it just says bank there, but it doesn't look like a bank. Anyway, it's not, okay. Yeah. Ben and Ray take it upon themselves to solve it, putting the boy's life and Ray's job in jeopardy. Dun dun dun. So that's actually pretty plot spoilery anyway, but we are going to talk about everything that happens here. Um, oh, reviews and commentary. Let's, let's go into this. Coming off a strong pilot, this episode would not be classified as one of the best. Well, I might argue. Well. Not be classified as one of the best, but it began to set up the main relationship that would develop during the series. Fraser, who would constantly insert himself into situate. You've got to go to two forward things to get the full sentence. Who would constantly insert himself into situations as a police intrepid do-gooder with unwanted integrity. Ray, the reluctant buddy cop foil and Lieutenant Walsh, the worry put upon leader. Yeah, we're not going to read out more of that because it's going <laughs> to kind of step on the shit that I want to say. So, um, thank you, but... But no thanks. Sort of. Um, is there any trivia? There is no trivia for this episode either. <laughs> okay. So this is trivia free. Oh, by the way, a little trivia for you, though. Whilst recording that uh, little intro thing, Matt Lee's on his first attempt pronounced Diefenbaker, Diefenbaker... And uh, need I remind you, we found out last week through research into like the trivia on IMDb, so it wasn't very deep research. But as we found out, Diefenbaker was named after one of the first Canadian, or the first Canadian Prime Minister, I'm going to say. That sounds about right. That sounds, I didn't say yeah. we researched it again this week, but <laughs> God damn it, Matt. Mr. Lees, Leesy, that's one of your Canadian heroes. You should know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> More to the point, he was a character on due south. Yes. Thank you very much for doing the theme tune for absolutely thank you, nothing. Thank you. Thank you. We, we love you. We love you, Lizzie. <laughs> that was Ian. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, I forget the point I was going into. Oh yes, uh, the 90s of this show. Again, <laughs> it's something we commented on last week. The music going in is is a beautifully 90s riff. Mm-hmm. You've got a Metallica rest. You were the one who oh, commented yes, on it. I did, yeah tune which sounds very metallica like and then when you go to the end it's some by some like bones was it or something no headstones headstones, headstones. Oh, wasn't it teeth was it copyright teeth, teeth. in bracket <laughs> headstones so we think they might have changed the band name at some stage <laughs> but clearly they were influ- influenced by metallica and i think with that name it sounds like a band which has been influenced yeah. by metallica Ray's Outfits, which I think is... Oh. I mean, okay, there was obviously that going on in the 90s, but I think they've made his outfit extra garish. Definitely. And I think the fact that he's standing next to someone who is so pristine and so kind of in uniform all the time, it kind of stands out even more, the garishness of his... I was going to say his uniform then. I suppose in a way it is his kind of uniform for the show. His uniform but of wackiness. His uniform of craziness. And for me, it's just that... The amount of things, they kind of, uh, it's kind of what Mr. IMDB wrote there. I don't know who wrote that, but it is the things that, that they establish in the, this first episode of the main run. So the pilot already 
established the relationship pretty well, but this kind of really crystallises mm. it. This really nails down who everyone is. And I feel like they might do this in most episodes. I think you could point to any episode of Due South, and there's always one scene where well, you can watch any episode out of order, and you can get a scene which nails down exactly who Benny is. Mm. Or Ben, sorry. <laughs> you can <laughs> We're going to calling him Ben. Yeah, you can, <laughs> ben. You can find... A scene which nails down who Ray is. They 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 speak. Every character speaks to who they are. That episode and most of them are the same throughout every episode. <laughs> there's a bit of character development. People are a bit more fluid. You introduce here Huey Huey and Dewey Huey, 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 Huey and Louie Huey and Louie because I think they bring Dewey later because <laughs> well spoilers we won't get spoilers uh, and uh, Lieutenant Walsh who's mm. played by a different actor yes. here. Which I was debating last week. Is it the same guy? Is it not? Mm. It is a different guy. Definitely the not. I wasn't sure if the the first guy made it a few episodes or if he was just replaced after the mm. pilot. He was replaced after the pilot. But this guy is playing a very similar. You know, they they play the character similarly, but they have they both got their own spin on it. I'm guessing the other guy, as so often happens with pilots, especially seeing as Due South was recorded as a standalone TV movie which then became a series, as yeah. we found out again last week. I'm guessing they just kind of like... just. It's usually because someone isn't available. Because usually if it goes to series... Let's just say I haven't overly heard of that other guy, so I'm guessing he <laughs> wasn't available. Desk Sergeant, who we enjoyed last week, he's out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing they just wrote that character out, which is a shame. He was nice and sassy, but I, I like the, the team that they've replaced him yes. with. So it's really good. But we were going to uh, start with a certain little clip. Um, oh, yeah, sorry, just before we do that, one thing I also noticed was first appearance of Ray's car. I don't... Actually, was it in the pilot? Was that green car in the um, pilot? Wow, do you know what? I don't know. I'm not sure. But I remember, for reasons that will become relevant in later episodes, mm. Ray's car becomes a central part of the plot. So I'm just laying some seeds there for future episodes myself. Okay. Okay, but let, let, let's have our first clip of the week. After a little instrumental music. <laughs> just for your enjoyment. You do not want to live in this neighborhood. Cops do not live in areas like this. Most people will be bust when you live here. Why? Central, convenient. I can walk to work in seven minutes. Not without backup. Two, three, one. It's just up on the right. Do me a favor. Let's just turn around. I'll take you back to your hotel. Oh, I can't. I checked out. The windows wouldn't open. Frazier, this is Chicago. The only reason to open the windows is to get a better aim. Directly on electricity. Nice. Forgot to ask if they take pets. Deeperbecker. Oh yeah, a dog could easily throw up the delicately balanced ecosystem. Don't worry, big fella. You got plenty to hunt in here. Hard nuts. See, just in this scene, you could pick out who these guys are. Mm. Hey, hey, hey! What? My landlord's straight. He's a. <laughs> 
Lanyard Street, best lane. Up here on the terrace level is where you get your great view. Of course, it costs a little extra, but it's worth every penny. Is there a terrace? No. Would you like to see my references now? References? It's like a rap sheet. No, that's okay. Yeah, I feel like here it's also purposely talking about Chicago, mm-hmm. the state of Chicago in the 90s. Mr. Campbell? Hello, Mr. Mustafi. You know these people? No, I memorize their names from the mailboxes. Good morning, Mr. Chris Jeffrey. It only takes a little less effort to be a good neighbor. Good morning, Mr. Campbell. Good this is the place. And that scream which you heard there <laughs> leads us into the action. But I just want to play all that because, again, it's a fantastic scene for setting things up. And nothing in Due South is wasted. This mm. is what I'm getting from this scene. This sets up for later on. They use uh, Where Fraser Lives in multiple episodes. Sorry, Ben. They live where Ben lives in so many episodes in the future. Uh, and they had that as a character. There's something about him that he would live somewhere so humble. Mm. And the slumlord with like, a, everything here is included. It's just a load of shit hanging about the place. Some beads hanging down. Yeah. And a light bulb, which when you switch it on, explodes. Uh, and I don't think there's one episode of Due South where they have a scene just for the sake of it. Well, which is actually quite interesting because with the pilot episode we watched, because it was a feature length and it went on so long, one of the things that we were saying about it was there's a little bit of faff. You know, it could have been tightened up a little there's bit. There's faff and there's fat and there's... Yeah. <laughs> and I think the it's such a difference watching the pilot to watching this episode because it is really tight. Everything, like you say, everything means something and leads to something. There is no faff in this. And like one of the things that we... They've They it. have defaffed it. And everything we like about it is in this episode. Yeah. It's like with the music, the setting, the scenery, the props, all the little added bits, then they're not a waste and they're not faff at all. They're important. They're integral to the story or to the characters. Or... Everything gets picked up yes. again. Nothing gets just left there. Like... This scene could just be a scene on its own establishing, oh, this is where Benny's going to live. This is where you're going to see him in future episodes. But no, we're just exiting this scene. In fact, the reason why we exit this scene is for him to have a mammoth chase across the rooftops, yes. jumping about, because <laughs> he hears a scream and he, he sees someone's purse getting nicked. Mm. And that is who he is. And and it's perfect. It, it just, one thing leads to another beautifully in this there are very few shows which I can think of which are this tightly tightly plotted. Mm. And I'm sure we'll see some episodes in the future where we'll eat our words on that. I'm sure that not every um, every TV programme, not, not any TV programme pretty much has every episode's perfect. It's very few examples. I think like you're breaking bads maybe mm. is a good argument for that. Yeah. But even then there's the fly episode which some people debate. I liked it. But anyway, that's not the point. This is due south right now. <laughs> That's a future yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get on to 
Breaking Bad Southeast later. <laughs> Breaking Bad by mildly good. Um, <laughs> Breaking Bad podcasting. Uh, no, no, no. That that's another thing. But yeah, they they just keep their shit tight here. That's what I'm saying. I was going to say something else, but it's lost. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, just trying to shake the table with the microphone's on because that picks up on the mic. Yay! Because <laughs> we're professionals, us. <laughs> yeah, I think if we have any listeners, I think they've picked that up already. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this rooftop scene is also another mm. epic one. Like, the way they shoot stuff, it's just beautiful. You've got Benny leaping across the ceilings. Uh, uh, and it's, again, you, should, you see Ray unable to keep up, although he's trying. Which also, for me, is integral to who he is. So there's a reason why he he is the character like he he isn't that good but he's always trying to be better mm. because of of Fraser. Yeah. That I I love that idea that it's like in every episode you can see a way in which he's trying to be a better man and it's sometimes subtle sometimes less so. But it's always there and like oh yeah and and um Stephen Baker running afterwards. By the way the jump puts Stephen Baker. Yes. Down. There's two things actually. Let's get. I think the first one is the mattress. Yeah, it's yeah. a great moment where like everything seems to just be so perfectly plotted that it could just be there. So like there's a guy on the roof working with a ladder, who after um, Fraser jumps across the roof, he has to put a ladder across so uh, so um, Ray right. can kind of climb across it. But then there's one bit where Ray just jumps and he lands in this mattress, which just happens to be on the roof. Of course it is. It just, that seems to be one of the uh, uh, more convenient points, shall we say, about yes. about this episode. And then there's Deefen fucking Baker jumping. Wow. Deefen Baker, at this stage, played by... Um, bear with me. I want to say... It was something like Draco, wasn't it? I think it was Draco. Sorry, I've lost IMDP. I think it was Draco. What keep talking of? I know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it was Draco. Did <laughs> you say the same thing? I will. I'll that would just say. sound so flawless and natural as if we haven't... And also, I think, when we were watching this, I couldn't help noticing that Dottie... I mean, wow, the look she had on her face when she was watching Dee from Baker jump over there. I think... Uh, it was looks as if, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. She could do that. Yeah. I'm and we all sleep, know she can. I'm going to sleep right now. But later on, I will do a leap across yeah. this roof. Draco. Was that right? I disappeared off my phone. <laughs> my phone is useless. Um, IMDb apparently only wants to give me the main stars on my tablet. It won't give me a full cast. And my phone, as soon as I press on to bring something back up, it um, deletes what I was looking at. Always useful. Well, Same maybe in some circumstances, useful. but not in this. <laughs> I'm not going to go near that one <laughs> on grounds that it will incriminate me to stuff I've done anyway that's another point uh, Draco was the earlier Stephen Baker Twenty. oh no oh Ooh. it's in reverse order so Lincoln is the Stephen oh. Baker we've got for episodes 22 the first 22 episodes between 94 and 96 is Lincoln and then I forget if he gets darker or lighter I think this Wolf looks pretty light here. It's very light. So I think later we get a darker Baker played by Draco. Maybe more of a street Baker. Um, <laughs> well, if he's been in Chicago for a little while, you yeah. know. Yeah. 
from 97 to 99. So we do get okay. two, two deeps. They're pretty evenly split between 22 and 26 mm. episodes. Um, oh, and I've just remembered something else I was going to say about uh, the Due South, South by Southeast theme tune. Oh, yes. Just to randomly, like, we'll get back to the episode in a second. <laughs> just to answer something from last week's episode. Because I was worried, because, you know, I want truth in advertising. Mm. So that's why we're on rum this week. Because <laughs> okay. that's what it says in the theme tune. <laughs> we will vary our drinks, it's fine. Um, but also I was worried about, like, uh, by the dock of Southampton Bay. Yes. Because I was concerned, is there a dock of Southampton Bay? So I looked it up. There is Southampton Water, which passes by, which is the water which I was referring to, which passes by sort of just around the corner from my house. Yes. Which goes through Bitten, where you live. Where I live, yep. yes. That's called Southampton Water. And on Southampton Water, which goes beyond Southampton, there is Dibden Bay. Oh, okay. So there is a bay within Southampton Water, which is where we are, and it's the same water as goes past it. So I'm going to say we are on the dock of Southampton Bay. I think that's fair. So just just back off, listeners who are complaining <laughs> about that last week, who I've just made up. Yes, because we've obviously made people want to come to Southampton, and they're all asking to go to the dock of Southampton Bay. Well, yeah, you just have to come to the water, maybe hire a little boat, <laughs> and then just try Sail it. down to Dibden Bay. Yeah, there exactly. You are. There you are. And you pretty much experienced... Um, yeah, and you can go there and you go, well, we have the dock of Southampton Bay. They'll go, what the fuck? <laughs> and just say, yes, you are. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So back to this episode, um, so yeah, there was a jump that Stephen Baker does, and he, he just jumps up on this fence, and there's no way that this could certainly be CGI'd or faked at this stage, and he jumps right to the top of this, it's got to be six foot plus high fence, I think Easily, later, yeah. I think doesn't um, Benny climb it? Um, I think he does. Someone climbs it in a minute, yeah. anyway. And you see it's over a man's height, mm. and, and I believe uh, Paul Gross is six foot, or thereabouts. It's, it's very impressive. There, there's, there's stunt wolfing here. Yes. <laughs> they had to stop at this point to get the stunt in. <laughs> oh, they don't need one. Lincoln's got it. Lincoln's got this. As has Stephen Baker. Character and actor in sync. Apparently, Lincoln trained for weeks for that stunt. He's like Tom Cruise, does all his own stunts. Yeah, except for this this guy, <laughs> unlike that pussy Cruise, isn't breaking any bones doing it. Yeah. By the way, this is probably weeks after. Everyone's forgotten about it, but as this is recording, <laughs> Tom Cruise just broke himself on the set of Mission Impossible and 6. And didn't I enjoy watching that clip? <laughs> oh, I haven't seen it. Is it good? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, guys, like... 73, I think. <laughs> and he's my height. <laughs> yeah. Five perhaps, foot. <laughs> perhaps he's ready to quit doing his own studs now. Uh, but apparently it's this thing. They reckon that there's a thing where old actors get so worried about being replaced that they make more and crazy, crazier and crazier, um, make crazier and crazier. They do crazier they and do crazier crazy things crazy on films. Things, yeah. They just want to be able to do their own studs to feel younger. And mm, the bones say no. I mean, this is the second film where he's had a big accident like this yeah. on a Mission Impossible. That's nothing like the action you'll get on Due South, which we're going to return to now. So, um, I think, Michelle, you know that we want to now go to the uh, Razor. Ray, Ray, Razor? The what? Sorry? Razor, as they know Ray and Fraser by. <laughs> And the alley scene that they do, where they talk to each other. Have you made them into one of these weird couple names? That's what I'm going for, yes. Have you queued up, queued up the clip? I hope I've done it um, 
to your satisfaction. Well, we well let's see. just see. I doubt it. But let's go. <laughs> By the way, just pause a oh, second. Sorry. See. And we get so to see Stephen Baker jumping over the uh, fence. Oh, he's so good. Look at him. The only reason why I say pause is because uh, you will excuse us. Again, we're updating technology as we go. When I moved into this place, I didn't have a DVD <laughs> player or a Blu-ray player. So I think I mentioned last week. So that is arriving tomorrow. So tomorrow I will have a Blu-ray player and we can actually play things properly through that where we can get time codes and stuff on. Oh, yeah. We're currently working through Michelle's laptop where she wasn't sure what program plays DVDs. It doesn't give you time codes, whatever program we are using now. Media Play Classic. <laughs> and we basically have to bluff it as we go along. We do, but aren't we doing well? Are you making notes as no, we go? I'm making a note for you so I don't have to say this out. Okay, so but don't say you're, you're, you're you need to be it. really badly. Really bad, like <laughs> super badly. Well, let's go very naturally over to this clip and we certainly aren't going to pause so Michelle and, can pee. And I won't <laughs> just be nipping off to the toilet right now as we play it. Okay, that's good. See, what I like about that scene and the one which goes before it is you've got Ray wants to, like, obviously book the guy, you book mm. the kid, and it's always Benny being the voice of his conscience. And the scene before, which we didn't play in there, I think it's really interesting to see how. And this kind of goes through the episode. How a black kid in Chicago in the 90s is treated and probably not, unfortunately, a lot has changed yeah. in America at the moment. Like, yeah. we're, we're seeing all these racial tensions mm. and uh, it's it's not... You're not being over the head with it, but it's definitely there. That's, there's a, definitely a reason why it's a black kid, I think. I think so, too. And Fraser being Mounty, being someone who's also an outsider from Canada and, and a very extreme version of mm. a Canadian I think that's, that's the reason why he can reach him and why they can talk on that level is because they both feel like outsiders in somewhere which they're now calling home definitely and I think even if you take it back to the um, the scene where they're still in the apartment and you hear the kind of the shriek out of the window you kind of imagine in that part of town that they're in that's not an unusual thing to hear and most people <laughs> Probably wouldn't have even batted an eyelid, but there he was looking out the window and seeing what was going on and doing something about it, which ended up, you know, kind of leading on to the rest of the story and what was what we'd already seen, what was going yeah. on. So it was integral to the story, but you do kind of think that anyone else, yeah, they wouldn't have taken much notice. <laughs> and I think that's the point. I think it's it's fifty fifty. There's definitely some intentional stuff in there. So again, I don't think it's a coincidence that it was a a black kid there, mm. who a black kid playing Willie. Which, when, by the way, when Michelle heard the episode was called Free Willy, she was very hopeful about what kind of episode <laughs> Juice Atlas was. She was very dashed when she heard the truth. But I think the other half of it, though, is just kind of like it's become a social document. Mm. So, like, they obviously couldn't have predicted what the stay of play in the 90s... You know, they're, they're just... There's something you just are showing what's there. You don't think about it as being unique to your time, the time you're in, because you're in it. But now we look at this and go, oh, that's interesting that this is like this, this is like this. And it's really interesting how little's changed and how much has changed. Yes. And how little's changed. Yes. <laughs> I think that, 
it's yeah it's what's got worse it's even. slightly depressing isn't it to think <laughs> yeah that bit hasn't changed yeah because i think for a while we would have kind of laughed at that going it's like mm. oh god isn't it great that things have got at least a bit better even if there are some still some major problems mm. and now we're in time when it's swinging the pendulum swing the wrong way yes so anyway let's yeah. keep it light <laughs> <laughs> and also, that leads into a very nice scene where you've got the shoe shine. Yes. Who just suddenly comes up. <laughs> They've got another one of these great moments which they will revisit time and time again um, where they've got Benny outside the consulate and they use that scene so many times. And by the way, everyone, for this episode, just get used to the whirring of a CD player <laughs> on a laptop. Uh, but they often have these kind of scenes of a Fraser where he's kind of outside the consulate so he's not allowed to talk kind of like the beef eaters in London yes. it's kind of a very similar thing and then as soon as the clock strikes for the end of his shift he's allowed to move it's it's a great little bit of visual humour which they revisit a few times mm. but while he stood there there's a shoe shine he comes up to him <laughs> and starts showing him this amazing cleaning product he's got which he tries to sell him it's, it's just a sub, such a lovely little moment I love these kind of little there is no, again, no dead air in this. Like, no. there was dead air in that first episode because it was too long. It just it mm. needed to be a 45-minute episode. There is a cut of that you can make where it's a beautiful 45 minutes. Maybe even an hour, but not an hour and a half. No. It's just, there was too much air in it. This, every moment where there's nothing happening, they add something quirky, and usually the quirky thing leads to something else even better. Yes. Or, you know, even more relevant. It, it it's None of it's just just happens no and I love that and I think um, for us over in England as well I, the the beef eaters are such an iconic thing and what I love about Michelle is that she can get a clip ready you don't even know she's doing <laughs> it she's definitely not kind of getting distracted by going and beef eaters are definitely a thing <laughs> <laughs> I think it, you know it's something we Pause. can I know, I'm trying. You missed the pause. I know I did, I'm trying. <laughs> Sorry, for the listeners at home, I can see Michelle going past the same clip each time and failing to be able to activate the pause button. We've gone over the first, the same thing on the screen about four times now. <laughs> and you say this is distracting me? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't see it. Pause, pause now. All right, so when he bites the sandwich, I pause. Okay. It's okay. a hamburger, I think you'll find. <laughs> is it? Yes. Well, it's blurred now. I can't tell. It's hamburger with a drink. Yeah, maybe. And she looks like he's drinking coffee. He looks a bit young for coffee. He's too young for coffee. Yeah, I'm thinking. Anyway, Anyway, back to the important things. Well, this is a lovely (laughs) scene, which, uh, again, I think kind of tells you a little bit something about the characters, where uh, Lieutenant Walsh has got the characters in in his um, office for a bit of a debrief. Mm. So I had a bad day. So tell me something I don't know. This woman, can you describe her? Depends. Can you get me out of here? Mm-hmm. Right, right, I know. You'll do your best. No way. No way he's not kidding on the wall. Lieutenant, we got his prints on the gun and it was in his possession. The kid's a pickpocket. He could have gotten the gun anywhere. Your night witness can't even place him at the scene. Lord. One of the offenders matches his height in frame, Ray. Oh, yeah, you're right. Why well, try to find out who did it when you can blame the nearest 12-year-old? I know a toddler you can arrest for assault. That's enough. You and me on the roof. All right, come on. Oh, 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 oh. Easy now. Detective Vecchio, 
I could have sworn I specifically assigned this case to Detective Huey and Detective Gardino. That's right, Lieutenant. Our case, our call. Shut up, Louis. Lieutenant, can I help with if the kid only talked to a Mountie? Ah, uh, yes. The Mountie. I thought they sent you back up to the Yukon. Well, they did, sir. And then they sent me back here again. I'm afraid I'm not all that well-liked up there, sir. By up there, you mean... Pretty much all of Canada, sir. The wolf is not involved in this, is it? Only peripherally, sir. <laughs> nice callback to the wolf comment in the first episode mm. where uh, Wolf makes a, a joke by the wolf. Lieutenant, Willie Lambert is a petty thief. If he'd stolen a million dollars in bear bonds, he'd hardly be on the street the next morning stealing purses. Good reason. Louie? Maybe some of the bigger kids took it away from him. How do I know? He says he found the gun in a briefcase he stole, and he can identify its owner. We got him out there right now, sir, putting together a composite. Lieutenant, you let that kid walk out of here, you'll never see him again. Are you willing to take responsibility for him? Personally? You see, that's a problem, sir, in that, you know, I date a lot, and... You really get him. Good call, Lieutenant. I'll take responsibility, sir. You won. It's a mounty thing, sir. Two more points, and he gets to go camping. All right. And, of course, Fraser takes the kid. But for me, what this really shows is that Vecchio, who is a wisecracking ass throughout most of the episode, put him in front of Walsh. Did you see one joke that he was kind of really making to him? Mm, In fact, he's very seriously going, it's like, um, was was the wolf involved? Only peripherally. (laughs) (laughs) He's so earnestly making his case. Because there's Walsh becomes the, the wise-ass. He's mm. in the position of power. Suddenly Vecchio has to rein in a bit. Didn't notice that I shit. Do you know what? No, that was a very good observation there. And that's the <laughs> end of that chapter. <laughs> I'm just going to smart up my braid. <laughs> um, but I like that. I like that. Mm. That's, that's them paying attention to the character. That's them not having one character just being... Wise cracking all the time because really he wouldn't keep his job if he mm. was. But many shows make that mistake of like, oh, he's a wise cracking character, so when he's in front of his boss, let's have him cracking wise because no, you would lose your job. Yeah, I like the fact that as broad and silly as a human gets in the show, there are moments like that where they're like, no, the character would behave like this. Yeah, I didn't even pick that up at the time. There you go. Not just a hat rock, my friend. <laughs> um, and also, Huey and, and uh, Louie, mm. great cokes. I mean, here they kind of they kind of come up a bit better than they do in future episodes. Because <laughs> in future episodes, they have a lot of fun with those characters. Mm. And even though they kind of take the mickey out of them a bit, I like the fact they want to establish them, so they probably had them playing a bit more serious and a little less clown shoes. Yeah, as I think especially because they're you know they're detectives, so I think you have to start off with kind of being sl- maybe slightly sensible with them. Obviously, they're not um, completely sensible in this episode with them, but you know, they do have that kind of seniority. Seniority, well, I almost said that wrong. Well, th- there's a good reason why. No, th- that's a very good point. Actually, I didn't think of it that way. Again, it's it's the uh, uh, series creators and the storytellers behind the writers. Mm establishing that there is a reason why they're detectives. Yeah, we are going to poke fun at them. We are going to make them seem a bit buffoon-like at some point, as all the characters get to yeah. do at one point or another. 
but they show why they are the people they are why that person's a detective why that person's in that position why why the criminal even has become a criminal or why they've got mm. into that position they may not have started off as that but but there's a good reason why that happens to them but I think it works really well in this episode because they you know go into that room with that boy with such confidence that they're going to be the ones that crack the case. And then they just come out going, yeah, he wants the Mountie. <laughs> I was even watching that going, it's like, what, 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 that's entrapment. Because like yeah. at one point, they say it's like to the uh, bank manager or whatever that place is meant to be. I think it's meant to be some kind of bank. But anyway, it goes to him. Um, oh yeah, so like a kid, if he was that short, if they were that short. Yeah. It's like, that's leading a witness. Surely they can't do that. Mm. And Ray doesn't pick up on that. I was kind of expecting there to be a line there. Yeah, there wasn't, was there? No, because they, yeah, they were going along the lines of, oh, could it have been a teenager? Mm-hmm. And there's another episode which, uh, uh, episode, another scene which leads on after this, where uh, it's, it's again, it's another one of these little subtle scenes. We're not going to play the clip here, uh, but it's another one of these little subtle scenes, which I think says a lot, where you've got Ray and Fraser uh, talking to a vending machine guy. Yes. <laughs> And uh, Fraser's already learned his name by reading off his shirt. Huey, I think it was. No, Huey's the cop. You can't have two Hueys. No, there was another Huey. Oh, no, Louis, not Huey. Yeah. I don't think he's called Huey, is he? Wasn't he called Huey? Maybe I've just made that up. Maybe it seems a bit on the nose to have Huey, Dewey and Louis in this episode. That would be quite funny (laughs) if it was, though. Maybe. Anyway, I don't don't know what his name was. The point is, he learned his name. I didn't know the Ray. (laughs) And I love the fact that Ray's buying to himself and going, what the f- is this? <laughs> He's like, what the hell is this? And he kind of ends up throwing out the sandwich. It's disgusting. And Fraser seems to be happily tucking into his sandwich. I think he gave him a nicer sandwich because he was nicer to him. Yeah, I think so. Because the whole point was was that he's so nice to people. And it's it's unimportant to be nice to people. That's what, you know, what Ray's kind of getting through to him. He's unimportant. You don't need to know what his name is. That's not important when actually he's getting a little something out of it. And it's chucked in there, mm. but it's, again, they don't over-spike the ball on that point. They don't mm. over-mention it. They just have it there that well, one of them's being out of the sandwich, one of them's quite happily eating their sandwich. Now, it might just be that uh, Fraser is so polite that he would never point out that the <laughs> sandwich was rank and he'd mm. just happily eat it with a smile on his face. That could also be true, but I think they've written it so that it's like, this is your life lesson here. <laughs> You're nice to the sandwich guy, you'll get a nice sandwich. Probably true. <laughs> um, but moving on to a further point, second page oh, of notes. subtle. Oh, well, some of us <laughs> made a few notes, Michelle. That's all I'm saying. I made a few. You there with your blank I'm page of paper in front blank. of you. I think you'll find over down the bottom that says, I need to pee really badly. Yeah, again. You just <laughs> no. read a second ago, Michelle. Uh, and I think this is the first time. I don't, I don't think it happened in the pilot episode, but I think this is the first time that uh, Fraser gets uh, Ray to give money to someone. Yes. The scene with the uh, Lady Tramp on the street. Whatever the correct term is these days. Lady Tramp, we're going to go with. Yeah, we'll go with that. I think that's the correct PC term, Lady Tramp. (laughs) Not Lady and the Tramp, just Lady Tramp. (laughs) Yeah, where Fraser gets um, Ray to give money to the uh, the woman uh, because... And there's also a nice turnaround on the joke from the pilot because uh, he offers someone a, 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 I think it's $100 bit of Canadian. Yeah, yeah. And they go, uh, oh, what's this? It's like, it's Canadian. Or, you know, see, they go, oh, no, I can't spend this. This is Canadian. He goes, so am I. 
Mm. And here she offer, he offers her a Canadian bill. She goes, oh, this is Canadian, I'm not. Or, you know, yeah. Like, basically, yeah. So that's why she doesn't accept it. But yeah, anyway, yeah, it's the first time, and this gets, this joke gets reused and reused, mm. is that uh, Fraser's always getting Ray to give out money, <laughs> to the point where at the end of this episode, rather nicely, uh, Ray just, like, hands over his walls, go, just give me an allowance, <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, so again, it's nice how they kind of set up these jokes early. Yeah, sorry, I'm fiddling with my earring now. That's... Well, I, I hate to distract you by talking about G South, which is what we're here to do. <laughs> sorry. Ordered over I'm... a bottle of rum. Michelle doesn't get a word in edgeways because she has got nothing to say because she's fiddling with that earring. That's why. It was uncomfortable. I'm all right now. Goodness me, can I not have a little... No, I'm not going to say that. No. <laughs> A little filling with my hole during an episode? I don't know. It uh, seems wrong. I'm good now. Fine. Good. Uh, let's move on to the Bonds. Now, I will confess I know nothing about Bonds. Yeah, no, neither do I. There's a couple of things which don't make sense to me. Now, if it was cash that they were stealing, mm. I'd get that. Now, maybe it is untraceable. Maybe they'd have the note numbers, but you could think of ways they could spend money where they wouldn't necessarily be able to check it or they'd be able to get rid of it before laundry it, whatever yeah bond surely the point in it that it's a written bit of paper which has got an issue number which has got all these details on which could be cancelled so when you take in a bond even in the 90s surely they get scanned because because it's not money it's it's a representation of money i think something like that yeah I, mean, I, I don't know what really really a, i don't know what this bond is exactly, but I take it it's a token worth a certain amount of money. Yeah, so I'm guessing they can take it, you know, it's kept in the bank, but they seem to be able to take it to the post office to get something, so... Yeah, so I'm guessing, guessing at the post office, yeah. wouldn't they be able to track that number? They must have had... I would have thought compu- so, even back then. I'm pretty sure I saw a computer behind mm. their desk. I don't know if that's a plot hole or not. Mm. We don't know enough about bonds, is what we're saying, <laughs> to be able to... Just tell that if that's a plot hole mm. or if it's just our, our misinformation about bonds. Definitely now, if they scanned it, you know that they'd be yeah. able to scan the number. Then I think they would. I think they would. I didn't know. Maybe. I didn't I didn't know. Maybe it's going to go very high right now. How much higher can you go? You didn't know. Apparently not quite that high. Yeah, let's not try answer. that again. Anyway. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. If, if anyone has any specific bond information, please write into <laughs> Rochelle. Oh, goodness. <laughs> GSouthBSE at gmail.com. Oh, wow, oh, I knew I it. knew that one. Or at GSouthBSE on Twitter. Yeah, or that or one. Or South by GSouthEast on Facebook. Yeah, or that I mean, it's one. complicated uh, information. I don't know how you can fit that all in your head. Well, if I had a bigger head, I'd be all right, but... A tiny woman brain. <laughs> Even for a woman, I have a small head, so I don't think we can just blame this on being a woman. Tiny little Michelle. <laughs> you make me sound like a leprechaun then. Oh, little Michelle. <laughs> oh, what was I? I was watching something the other day and and <laughs> and somebody brought up leprechauns. You know, think, you know, with the thought being leprechauns aren't real. And then someone said, okay, well, if you were to actually meet a leprechaun, what would you say? And this person said... Michelle would go, damn, she's tall. <laughs> no, but this per- I can't remember who it was now, but this person said, I'd do my best Irish um, accent and, so, and say, hello, leprechaun. 
That sounds like something Neve would say. Your daughter, or as we know her, Mini Mountain Zero Zero One. Yeah. No, Zero Zero One, not number one. Not number one. Because we know we're going to get to 100 in this. (laughs) Okay, Zero Zero One, Neve. It wasn't Neve that said it, but I can't remember where I heard that now. It amused me at the time. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that story went somewhere. Speaking of things which don't go anywhere, or just this is a nice because this kind of seems like the exception that proves proves the rule to me. We're in due south, everything leads to something <laughs> and everything's got a point to it. I love the bit when uh Benny's in the office, he licks his finger, puts it up in mm, the air. Yeah. To tell which way the wind's kind of going and where the airflow's going, everything going, Oh, that's gonna pay off. There's definitely something in there. And then he comes out and he goes, uh and uh, Ray makes some joke around and he goes like well what did that tell you he goes nothing just that the air ventilation's out and then he tells a ventilation repairman about it that was fucking beautiful that was such a funny moment and so perfect and it's kind of that double bluff of where you're by this stage in the second episode you're just picking up everything means something yeah. so when you see him doing that you're going well that's going to pay off and it pays off by being a joke that it doesn't pay off to anything and it turns out that it's something that, I mean, I completely missed the fact that the guy in the bank said she. I'd completely yes, missed that Yes, because that's how they kind of discover him. Yeah. Is that she's, he says she when referring to the bank robber, just in case anyone isn't watching the episode. Yeah. You go, if so, you're missing out on treats. But anyway, that's how they discover that he was in on it because he, he refers to the bank robber as a she when they hadn't discovered the identity. Yeah, and until he kind of brings that up, you kind of go, Oh, yeah, I completely missed that. But the finger up in the air, we all know he's testing the air. We're thinking that's going to lead to somewhere. He's already picked up on something and that's led to something yeah. else. Oh, he's so much better than we are. <laughs> it's a lovely double bluff. And it's just, it's mm. another excuse to put in further wackiness into due south. Yeah. Which just, again, just, just every moment has got something cool in it. Um, and also, I like the fact that during that scene, when they flashed to the outside... And you've got the kid in the car, mm. and then the bank robbers come along, and eventually yeah. the uh, kid ends up uh, driving the car away. But Diefenbaker, who again just could have been something almost to be written into somehow somewhere, just so that you keep him part of the plot, he becomes part of the plot in a main way. That it isn't just oh, and he's there. He is the thing which puts off the robbers from getting into the car. If Diefenbaker isn't there. The robbers can lean in and grab the kid, mm. and it isn't. There's no peril. So Diefenbaker's central to the plot. So they put this wolf character in, and he's always doing something. He's always is another character, not just. Oh, and they've got the pet along for the ride. There was one thing I was kind of wondering, but this is going right back to the be- almost the beginning now, with the um, initial mugging that happens at the beginning, with the boy running off with the handbag, and obviously you know. Fraser has seen this and he he says to Diefenbaker go and I'm one I did wonder how did Diefenbaker know where to go because I'm guessing he hadn't heard what was going on outside because of his hearing problems so how do you know where to go did Diefenbaker have a peek out the window well maybe they were looking around the flat he was going oh <laughs> maybe I found this is going to develop into something <laughs> Because <laughs> he's related to Scooby Doo. He is related to Scooby Doo. It never gets explored in the show, but I read some um, show notes by Paul Haggis where he, he talks about really? this. Really? Yeah, definitely, and I'm certainly not making this up. I think you are. I don't think I am. 
That was something I wondered about. What, about him being no, raped no, scooby no, no, I often no. wondered about that, why they made that part of the plot, but they definitely did. Yes, it was um, related to Scooby-Doo, Lassie, all of the greats. Yeah, there is a genealogy there, <laughs> which also takes in wolves somewhere. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's not often commentated on, but the dire wolves in uh, Game of Thrones are actually a, I guess by now, ancestor of his... <laughs> Okay. Descendant of his? Are you descendant? pouring that rummy in or are you it's just going to hold it? Well, I wasn't going to pour it on the mic because then... Oh, brilliant. I'm brilliant. I was going to wait. Not I was going to wait until a appropriate moment and pause it and then pour the drinks so we don't have a big... Right, fine. Let's, <laughs> let's have drink pouring noises on the podcast just in case we haven't sounded little professional enough. Jesus Christ, how much have I poured in there? Um, to make it equal. Oh, God. <laughs> So I, I thought we'd do this between uh, comments, but no, Michelle no. wants the sound of uh, poured drinks I'm on the sorry, podcast. right now we're talking about Lassie, Scooby-Doo, and Ancestors of Games of Thrones. I think... Games of Thrones. Games of Thrones. <laughs> this the is going to go... Games this pouring of Coke is going to go directly into the mic, making a lovely fizzy sound. Let's listen to it. See, right now I think we're advertising rum... Why? We're not being paid for this. No, no, no. But people will hear this and they'll be like, I'd like a rum and coke right now. I hear that pouring. I'd like some of that. So we're trying to encourage people around the world listening to this podcast to become alcoholics. Not alcoholics. Just enjoy the occasion. They, like us, could quit any time they want. And I can. I only drink again when I start getting the shakes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which will be in about. And... For anyone listening out there, she's not talking about leaders in the Middle East. Not that kind of shake. <laughs> no, the lack of rum shakes. Okay, uh, the other thing which we want to talk oh, about, we, we are heading towards the end of this episode. But the bins. There is a great scene, which we had to actually rewatch. We studied mm. this like the Zabruga film, which, <laughs> of course, as Michelle knows, is the film which they had of the Kennedy assassination. Yep. Anyway, we studied this, and we played it a few times, because there's a bit... Well, it seems like the car goes around the corner. They're having a car chase with the with the robbers. And you've got um, Ray and Fraser. Oh, no, they're not on chase. They're trying to get no, to the bank. No, they're just trying to get to the bank. Yeah, so time, they get to the bank really fast where yeah. the robbers are, where they worked out where they're going to be. They're standing in a queue nice. The, yeah. You know. <laughs> and they, uh, there's a bin which seems to just suddenly throw itself in front of the car and then the car swerves and goes round it. Yeah. And packing peanuts go everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Which Green we worked ones. out. We worked out the packing peanuts are okay because it's outside a post office, so there might be mm. packing peanuts. Packing peanuts, packing peanuts there. We'll allow that one. We'll allow that. But the bit is the bin, and we went back a couple of times, and I was like, "Wait a minute, I've got it." I think what's meant to be happening is as the car goes past, it clips the bin and it goes flying out in front of them. Mm. But some stagehand who's throwing that, or some bit of equipment which is throwing it is a bit overzealous and kind of <laughs> launches it to a point where it's no way that it would be launched by a car clipping it yeah so that's what we kind of worked out about that but it's just just if you're watching this episode play back that bit and just watch the bin just fly like crazy <laughs> it amused us um and i like the fact that that after yeah so you've got the uh one bank robber is holding up the other mm. at gunpoint to make sure they each get their share. They leap across the counter. Benny checks that it's okay for him to jump back there because he's off duty or not there in an official capacity. 
And the main chasing at the end takes place over a conveyor belt in the back of a post office in a kind of sorting area. Mm. Sorry, Michelle, there's your phone distracting you. I, I would like to distract you with the podcast that we're recording right now. No, it's all right. I'll allow it. Oh, thank you. Okay. Um, so I like the fact that, it, again, it's 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 not many shows where you'd have a sorting office from the back of the post <laughs> office as a big dramatic scene. All those big empty boxes falling on everyone. Oh, it's a wonderful great. scene where like, these boxes fall <laughs> on a first Fraser and then the, uh, the uh, robbers. Mm. And just quite clearly, just looking at the way they bounce, they're quite clearly completely empty, but they fell everyone. It was pretty cool. See, this is what, you know, my husband works um, for Royal Mail in the big sorting office. This is what I imagine it to be like for him at work. Well, he Not sorts, with, like, he bank sorts robbers, empty boxes, but... then gets a... You know, I just imagine he has all this fun with boxes and, I don't know, they both have weird thoughts. Maybe. <laughs> And a wonderful little closing scene where, like, Fraser gets shot in the hat. Yes. <laughs> um, I think you are left for a minute just wondering, did he get shot? Is he okay? He's under all these boxes and you know a shot's been All fired. these empty boxes. Yes. It's very concerning. He is held down by all these big empty boxes. And then you see his face and he's so still and you're like, is he okay? But then he's like, she shot my hat. And there's also that scene which, uh, again, you were very hopeful that it was turning into free willy in the way you were hoping at the beginning of the episode where they get uh, Fraser to undo his belt because yes. the robber thinks that there might be a gun or weapon concealed in yeah, it. She keeps saying gun. She's like, you know, put your gun down, isn't she? She's like, And she goes, right, take off the belt and bend over. And you're going, well, at last, this was what I was tuning in for. <laughs> there Michelle, was sadly no free willy. <laughs> Michelle unsteaming her glasses as she's watching, but it turns out it, it wasn't going where she thought it no. was. Um, I can live in hope. And just finally get this lovely scene of uh, Fraser and Benny bonding mm. where Fraser just slips into conversation. It's Again, it's so neatly done that he just goes, uh, well, I'd have to say at this stage, you're my, my best friend, Ray. And Ray goes, oh, that's great. Won't it? How many best friends have you had? <laughs> it's just so nicely done. So you've got that moment in there, but then they kind of just like uh, make a bit of a joke mm. of it so it's not overplayed. Yeah. So, just a beautiful episode. Uh, we're going to give this uh, how many Mounties out of ten it gets in a minute. Okay. But th- there's a problem we've got from last week, Michelle. Right. And I blame you. Just What's because new? I don't want to blame myself. Uh, we forgot, as far as we remember, <laughs> and I might find out in the edit, we actually did do this and we've both forgotten, but I think we forgot to give a, a rating out of ten. Yeah, no, I don't think we did for that. For last week's episode. So how many Mounties out of ten are you going to give the pilot episode? The pilot episode, I think I would give... Lots of funny moments, but lots of dead air. Yeah, I think I would give it a seven out of ten. I'm going to go right down the middle five, because Ooh. I think 50% of it's perfect. 50% of it should just get okay. cut. <laughs> okay. Like, what is good That's about it harsh, is... but... Well, yeah. what's good about it is great, but that dead air just... just okay. Doesn't help it for me. Whereas this episode, and uh, I think this is going to be a problem because I don't want to overspend points now and then find later on there's going to be mm. some episodes which are kind of pure tense. There's going to be some episodes which are perfect start to mm. finish. This one was a really fun episode, though. It was a very good episode. It's very hard not to give it a really high score. Mm. So I think I am going to give it. I'm going to. Only because I know how high the standard gets later. I'm going to give this one a 7. 
Really? See, I was going to give this one an eight. I'm going to give eight. Screw it. No, no, we're going to go eight. We're going to go eight. We, we yeah. agree on this eight. Okay. So yeah, we may we not agree. always agree, because last week I'm definitely going to give a five. But this week I will give an eight. Okay. Yeah, I think we can agree on that. This one, yeah. Okay, eight, eight for this one. But See, I'm, I'm probably would have gone higher, but I, I just think we are going to get some episodes that are just even that little bit better. There's so much bringing to it together. They're yeah. just so beautiful and so well done. Um, but the other thing which we've got to take care of is the most of the week. <laughs> so, obviously, as always, the uh, most Welsh Canadian of the week is Matt Lees. Thank you very much for that <laughs> theme tune. And the most wonderful of uh, networks of the week is the Wonky Spanner. Every week in a row running Every week, yeah. in past and future. So please go to the Wonky Spanner on Twitter. And I've, they've got a website which escapes my memory. Uh, but while I'm looking that up, Michelle... The other thing we've got to rate is who was the most American of the week this week. Right. Now, I did a lot of thinking about this during the episode. Oh, dear. And there were, I had a couple of, mm, I might go for him, I might go for him. But I think I'm going to stick with one of my early ones. And I'm going to say the builder that was on top of the roof. And I'm going to go for him. And I think if you were to swap the banana that he was eating for lunch and give him a can of Diet Coke... I don't want you <laughs> to be an slave. By the way, which is from a Diet Coke advert yes. in the UK. I don't know if that was the rest of the world or... You know, we have these uh, wonderful um, Diet Coke adverts and it was always... Diet um, Coke break? Diet yeah, Coke your break. Diet Coke break. And it was always this gorgeous builder man. Gorgeous. Gorgeous American builder man. www.wonkyspanner.com for all your... Podcasting needs that aren't Gallifrey stands, which is uh, on another network. We won't get into that right now. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, I, I just kept thinking, yes, he is the American Diet Coke drinking builder man. So I'm going for him. Quite frankly, you're wrong again. <laughs> I'm sorry to keep on doing this to you, but you're wrong. Clearly the most Canadian, actually you're right last week, Canadian... Oh, no, American. Yeah, it was my Sorry. American man. You were right with last week's Canadian, but yes. this week's Americans where you're falling... You're not good on the Americans, quite frankly. Well, see, I had a couple of um, American men that I was had in mind, but I thought I didn't... You've had a couple of American men? No, no, no. Um, okay, I didn't that's... think you would go for him, so I thought, yeah, I'm going to choose that builder. Who do you well, go for? Well, obviously, the shoeshine guy. Ah, okay, How does it okay. get more American than not over... Only... Not overly... <laughs> Not only the American entrepreneurship, I think is correctly pronounced, of selling a, a shoe shining product on the streets, but also the huckster side of the Americans, <laughs> which isn't every American. Like there's the American dream, but there's also that thing of selling something on the street, mm. slightly hooky, <laughs> in a very American way. It's kind of Del Boy in America. Yeah. So I think that's the most American. American. So how are you saying he's going to win out of those two? See, that's tough. Because... And we don't have to agree, but I think mine's more American. See, this is the thing. We're going to, each oh. week we're going to each phone our own, and I want to see a head-to-head. We can just stick to our own, or we can take on each other's. The thing I think about the, um, the shoe shiner yes. is I can also see... The English shoe shiner, all right, governor, 
you know, shine in the studio, Cockney. But he wasn't like that. He wasn't doing no, he that. he wasn't specifically, but I think when he I think... He was selling a product. Like, he, he had the buck in his eye in a way the UK doesn't always have. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe this week we're not going to agree. Okay, fine. We're not going to agree, but you're wrong. That's fine. Uh, we can do that. So the most Canadian of the week. Now, you oh. have to dig deep here because there weren't many Canadians no, on the screen. No, this, this was a really but big But you struggle. could pick an American being more Canadian or... I don't know. Well, what well, did you think? Well, we'll see what I went for and then see what you went for. On. Um, because I really struggled with um, Canadian characters in this one. Yeah. I went for Diefenbaker. So did I! Oh, did Because he's the only other Canadian <laughs> yeah. on the screen. <laughs> now, there could have been an American doing something very Canadian, but there wasn't either. <laughs> All the Americans were being pretty consistently American. <laughs> I was looking and going, are any of these people going to do anything, even Canadian-esque? Because we're not allowed they to pick the they? two main characters, because yeah. that's cheating. We all know that. So Stephen Baker might occasionally win his <laughs> trophy more than once. I mean, and just typifying what he was doing, which was very Canadian... Much like the Mountie, he was yes. uh, showing his athleticism of kind of uh, mm. jumping over things to get his man. Um, much like Michelle on the weekend <laughs> back in the day. Uh, yeah, before the before, day. before he, she was married. Before the knee just, problems. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, before, marriage. before the marriage. Yes, before okay. marriage. Before yes. the knee problems, okay. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> and Lee said about the knee problems and why that might hinder her with the man. The better. Um, Warm them out. Anyway, I was I, I was going to avoid it, but apparently Michelle's not going to. But yeah, so he, she, he's doing that, and Deep Baker's also kind of... Uh, uh, there's a bit where Fraser says, uh, I'm only here in a, on official capacity, it's okay if I jump over here, over the uh, uh, post office to go to the back. Yeah. And Deep Baker sort of gives a sort of look to the postie <laughs> as he... As he's jumping over, I think he was asking for permission I as well. I think he was too. Or at least saying, I'm with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, is this all right? Is this all right? Yeah, apparently he's just turning into Tommy Cooper now with my impression, but that's not the point. Uh, so, yeah, I think he definitely wins our most Canadian of the week. Definitely. So, okay, oh. Michelle. Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, I hope there's another Canadian in the next episode. That would be convenient. <laughs> there are some very Canada heavy episodes. No, we've done Stephen Baker once. It might be there's some episode where we have to just have an American of the week. I think we've <laughs> sussed out. But I think most weeks there is at least one other Canadian character. But I may be pretty wrong. Okay. At least we know in a couple of episodes' time we've got Leslie Nielsen coming in as yes. the Canadian, as another Mountie. Mm. If there's no other Mounties, he might win quite easily. <laughs> might be yeah. quite handy for him, that one. But uh, regardless, uh, yeah. Third episode of uh, Due South by Southeast. How do you think it's going, Michelle? It's going good. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're starting to hear a stride now. Not technically, obviously. <laughs> Professionally, absolutely not. I mean, we're pouring drinks right into the microphone by your insistence. Uh, the sound cue's still way off, but and I uh, will try and get through an episode without needing a wee. And maybe, maybe uh, learn the email address and stuff. <laughs> I have learnt the email address. It's just the other bits. Which are exactly like the, the same tw- or very similar. Yeah. 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 I'll have them down by next week. So for this week, uh, I've been Detective Squee. With me has been... Mountie Michelle. And... Dottie. Dottie Baker. Dottie Baker. I thought you could be trusted Dottie. with Dottie Baker's name. I said Dottie. I, I gave you too much too soon, didn't <laughs> you I? You did. Um, yeah. So until next week... 
keep your compass set south by southeast. Yeah, hey, you like it? That was good. That was good. Or keep it due south by southeast. And head to the dock of the bay. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week, folks.